is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Tuesday, October 13th, 2020, Season 16, Episode number 43. Welcome to another edition of The Break. I'm live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Nick is joining me here in the studio. We got Dave and Amber who are from their homes. And uh, we're going to talk Cowboys football with you guys for 45 minutes. Today is Tuesday, so it's a big picture day. We got a lot of topics to talk about, and we're going to hit a lot of different things. So let's jump right in. I want to start first uh, talking about uh, something that McCarthy mentioned on his his, uh, press conference yesterday. He was asked, uh, do the Cowboys have to recalibrate now that you make a change at quarterback? And he actually liked that wording. He said, yeah, exactly. That's, that's kind of how we look at it. We kind of have to recalibrate. Calibrate. My question for you guys is, uh, do you think uh, they need to change the offensive line? Is that one of the calibrations that they need to make? Now, last week they had you know, Steele on one side and they had um, 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 Brandon Knight on the other. Do you think at this point, knowing that you don't have a quarterback, or at least – we don't think you have a quarterback who's as mobile. Do you think they need to make a change in the offensive line? Nick, let's start with you. Honestly, I think they need to get, I mean, the best guys they can get up there. I mean, I don't care if, if, if Dak was playing or not. I mean, if Cam Irving comes back this week and he's better option than Terrence Steele, um, which he wasn't in week one, apparently, according to the coaches. Uh, but, I mean, I, I don't know if it really matters as far as what their skill set is. I just think they need to get the best guys. Uh, and maybe Terrence Steele's getting better. He's going to to get better. It's hard to judge off one game, but uh, I don't think the skill set of Dak and Andy Dalton should affect the guys up front. If give me the five best guys up there, regardless who's playing. Amber, it, it's tough now that you keep losing guys. So like a few weeks ago, yeah, it, it was kind of fun to talk about the different combinations that you could do and and the different options but then once you're down to the amount of guys that you are I mean the group of guys I don't see them that far off from each other so I think that like Nick said at this point it's just trying to get the best five guys that you have at the moment and just again what we keep talking about is making sure that they're able to find the combination that they want and just stick to it so that there is a sense of continuity what would be the word um, continuity. Continuity. Yeah, continuity. Continuity. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. To kind of keep it, keep it the same, and, and, and get that part established, so that you don't keep having to go into games just kind of wondering, oh, what, who, who are we gonna get on this side? What's gonna happen here? So just solidifying that aspect, but uh, get your five guys, the best five guys out there. Dave, as you answer this question, though, also let me know what you think about how those guys played this week. Uh, still. And uh, particularly still Biotish and and Knight. I continue to be impressed by Tyler Biotish. Uh, you know, as the as people start to look at the All 22 and the grades come out, you can find the clips of him performing really well, like hitting reach blocks, getting to the second level. Like he had a couple of really nice blocks that helped spring Zeke the other day. Um, 
I didn't notice Terrence Steele this week, which seems like a good thing. Uh, it, I mean, it's against New York, so like everything about that game, <laughs> I'm just going to couch it by. No, I'm serious. Yeah, like, it's true. don't expect me to get too excited about anything I saw against the Giants. So, um, it, it seemed like they held up, but I would like to see it against better opposition. Um, but I love the quote from Kellen Moore yesterday. He almost sounded. He almost sounded like kind of indignant. He was like, Andy, Andy can move like Andy can move and make plays. He can do that stuff. And to his credit, uh, he was drifting and getting out of the pocket on that first throw to Gallup on the game winning drive. So I definitely don't think Andy is as athletic as Dak Prescott, but maybe we are making too much of him being this pocket passer. I think he's he's young enough and fit enough that he can probably you know, make athletic plays that that didn't that won't require you to to overhaul the offensive line. Yeah, it kind of looks like he is the modern NFL quarterback, and what I mean by that is even the guys who you would consider to be not running quarterbacks still can run. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's almost impossible in today's NFL to come into the NFL and play quarterback and not be able to move around some. Uh, I think that's kind of an old thing that that you look back at. Maybe some of the older quarterbacks in the league, like Philip Rivers, maybe they're they're that kind of quarterback. I think these younger guys coming in, and I would still, I mean, I know. You know, obviously, Dandy Dalton's not young. He's closer to the end of his career than the sure. beginning. But I still think he's more of that mold of quarterback. Well, I mean, Eli Manning hardly got sacked his whole career. He didn't ever come out of games. It's not because he was the most athletic person. It's because he's got pocket awareness. And, and the, the really good quarterbacks know how to do that. They have that clock in their head. They know where to shift. They can feel the pressure. I mean, you know, some of them, like, you know, if it helps if you have eyes in the back of your head like Romo did. But, I mean, but you, you just need to have that pocket presence. And I think he showed that. In, in the game the other night, just, just rolling out like that. And a lot of times when you roll out, you're throwing it away. He did a really nice job of just seeing Gallup and, and making that throw. All right, let's go ahead and move on to another topic about recalibration. Now that the Cowboys don't have Dak Prescott, the next thing we have to talk about is Ben DiNucci. He now becomes your backup quarterback. Um, how comfortable do you guys feel with him being the backup? I mean, this is a guy that now is one play from being in the game. Let's start first with you, Amber. I mean, um, I guess I have to go back from what I saw at training camp. It wasn't terrible because that's the only thing we've actually gotten to see. He 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 is a guy that obviously needs experience, but based on what I can remember, he wasn't terrible. He had some good plays. He he could make some throws, but still, you're never fully comfortable when you're going in. If that was to happen in a case of emergency, you're never fully comfortable of having a, a rookie quarterback that hasn't even played a preseason game, hasn't really gotten able to be out there with the first team, and, and especially when you talk about the O-line issues, it just created a, a, a worse combination of it all. So, no, it, it's not exciting, and let's hope it does not get to that point. Dave. This is one of those things where, I mean, what's the alternative? Like, no, I'm not excited about Ben DiNucci having to play, but you're talking about your third quarterback. I mean, you had a top-notch guy. He's hurt now. Your backup is a three-time Pro Bowler. That is as good as you can expect to be in terms of depth in the NFL. Uh, Whoever you would bring in, I mean, it sounds like they're signing Garrett Gilbert, uh, the old SMU quarterback, former Texas quarterback, if I recall correctly. Yeah. Um. He, yeah, I know. We don't have to talk about it. Uh, he he has played in five career games. I think he's attempted three NFL passes. So that's what you're talking about. Um, 
There's probably one quarterback in the world who's unemployed right now who has extensive playing experience. Say and that the, the, the I mean, you know who I'm talking about. Colin Kaepernick's <laughs> out there, but nobody he has not he has not been hired at any point in the last three years. I don't see any evidence that suggests the Cowboys are interested in doing that. Maybe if something actually does happen to Dalton, maybe uh-huh. you have that conversation. But right now, this is as, as good as it gets. That's what's available. Nick, I'll, I'm going to alter the question a little bit for you. What kind of impact? There's one thing to think of him as your insurance policy in the event something happens to Andy. But right now where they need him to, to kind of step up is he's got to be running the scout team. So he's yeah. going to be responsible every week uh, for being able to give the defense a good look at what they're going to face in the opposing offense. How much of an impact do you think he might have there, good or bad? You're talking about Danucci. Danucci well, correct. you know, he's an athletic guy. You know, he, he did, I, I was looking at his college stats. I think he's he, – He's running maybe 15 or so touchdowns his career. So I mean, he he's he can he's more of the mobile guy that, that you're uh, talking about there. I mean, I'm not 100% sure he will be the backup when now he probably will this week. Gary Gilbert's gonna gonna sign here, but you, remember it's six days. Right. Uh, so even though he's been with the Browns and testing and doing all that stuff, it takes a while to get him in here. Um, but so he'll be the backup for this game. I think Gilbert can be in uniform for the game uh, Monday night. I believe. So do you think when they you're saying when you, you think when they bring in Gilbert, Gilbert's going to jump once he's in the building and, and assimilated, think, he's going to jump to number two? I think so. I mean, okay. he's kind of a journeyman. He's been around. Like Dave said, he hasn't played much. But, I mean, it's the, there's something to be said for the guy that's on the sidelines and listening to the calls and seeing that stuff and listening, being in the room more. I just think he's probably better – Equipped to be the backup, um, but you know it's it's close. I mean, I, w- I would imagine it's you know it's it, he's not that experienced. But um, I, you know the funny thing about Danucci too is the guys he was playing with. You know, Amber said he hasn't had reps with the first team, but think about it in, in preseason or training camp. You know, Biotish I'm sure was his center. Terrence Steele was you know and was <laughs> he's out getting there. all his Brandon guys back. Yeah. Like, he's like where are my guys all yeah. my guys are now actually the, in the that's starters. a good point <laughs> I mean like he's he's like I, I've taken all plenty of snaps with Biotish and that and, and the same with Andy Dalton and Biotish that's why that, that fumbled snap was kind of weird because it's like they've taken a lot of snaps yeah this together. is your guy yeah yeah yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I, I remember a lot of the conversations, and Nick, you, you heard some of them too. Uh, I know Darren Woodson talked about it a little bit. When the Cowboys started to realize how good mm-hmm. Romo was was when he was running scout team mm-hmm. because he, according to the players, he was lighting up the defense on a regular occasion, the starting defense on a regular occasion running the scout team. So it's a great opportunity for a young quarterback to be able to get in there and show what he can do. But you also are relying on him to be able to give you a good look. And, and so this can go either way. And if he does a good job, it actually helps the team right now. But it also sets him up yeah. for opportunities, I think, in the future. And, and by the way, I don't know if we talked about this, but I was told afterwards, I asked Cedric Wilson, was he the emergency quarterback? Oh, we, mm-hmm. we talked about this, I think. And I said it was, it was Blake, uh, Blake Bell. Blake Bell. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, he was a quarterback in college. Bell Dozer. Yeah, what was I thinking about? Yeah, I, yeah. yeah I should know that. I mean, really well. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't really a thrower, but I, 
I, I'm curious to see what would have happened if that was if if he would have got in there. You yeah. know, number eighty is the quarterback. Line up and run option. And Love it. See how it goes. All right, we're going to take an early break no, here. No, hate it. Sorry, <laughs> that would have been terrible. Don't want to have to do that. All right, uh, we're going to go ahead and take an early break here. Um, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about Dak's injury. I want to talk specifically about um, what what kind of changes you think this this occur as a result of this. More from the standpoint of how much this may affect his contract. And also, Jerry said something very interesting this morning about running quarterbacks and what that means and maybe what that means to the future of Dak here as the quarterback of the Cowboys. We'll talk about that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears. Okay, let's play. Ah, uh, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. It's funny. As we travel places, often we find the places we want to travel aren't really places at all. They're people. They're grandparents, moms, old friends, and new nephews. That's why at American Airlines, we've been using enhanced cleaning measures so you can feel confident every step until you get to them. So, as always, our people can't wait to take you to yours. American Airlines. You are why we fly. Back to the break. Are you looking for something to change up your dinner routine? Help support local Frisco businesses by choosing one of the Star District restaurants. For more information on delivery, takeout, curbside, pickup, and dine-in availability, visit thestardistrict.com. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break. We're live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're talking about Dax injury and some changes that will come as a result of it. I want to go back a little bit and talk about the bigger picture thing that, that I think everybody, as you said yesterday, Nick, Everybody probably thought about it during mm-hmm. industry, in, after the injury. Most people didn't say anything. But I think it's appropriate now for us to have this conversation because I do think it's something that looms large for the Cowboys and for yeah. Dak. The question is, do you think that the contract uh, changes for either party in this instance or what they were willing to do changes for either party in this instance based upon the fact that Dak is now out for the season with what looked like a horrific injury. But according to Jerry this morning on 105.3 The Fan, he will be able to recover from this completely and, and should be back to normal. Dave, let's start with you. I mean, I was worried about it in the immediate aftermath because you don't know how serious it is. I'm going to take Jerry at his word and say 
Uh, you know, it's it's a four to six month recovery. They think he'll be fine by May, and it, and it doesn't sound like it should have any long term effects. I think it was Connor Barwin, the the old linebacker, who you know he tweeted Dak that he had the same thing, and he was he was as good as new the next year. So if that's true. I don't really think it changes that much, to be honest with you. Um, the only thing that I think might change it is, you know, is this kind of like a near-death experience? I hate to use that phrase, but this maybe this scares Dak into thinking like, you know, security is more important at the end of the day, and maybe maybe he might change his attitude. But I ought, I don't even really believe that. I, re- I mean, I think Dak Prescott is one of the most – self-assured and confident people that I've ever been around and I wouldn't be surprised if this doesn't change his attitude a whole lot at all. Nick, you know, uh, Dave and I both answered this on the mailbag this morning about will it affect his money. Dave kind of said that. I, I where I think he could ta- he could get less money is based off of what he was maybe going to do this year. If you keep putting up these numbers, Let's say they, they start winning some of these close games and they get in the playoffs with these numbers, then you're going to definitely surpass Deshaun Watson's $40 million a year, and you're going to get – I mean, you're going to get up there. Uh, I don't know if he's – I don't know if he's still going to be able to get all of that based off of, of what happened here. But I also think – you said Dak might be scared. The Cowboys might be scared too. They might, might actually give him what he wants at this point. He wanted a four. Year, he wanted a four-year deal this year. He might want a three-year deal next year, and the Cowboys might be willing to do something like that just to see how everything goes. And and you know, I don't know if this is going to be a long-term thing or not injury, but I just think maybe it might give them kind of what both of them want. Amber, I I don't think it should affect it at all. In my personal opinion, I think my uh, well, my biggest concern about Dak and, and my hesitation when it came to a long term deal was me not being sure if, if he was a guy, a quarterback that could actually carry the team, where he doesn't need so many great guys around him. In the past, I've always seen Ezekiel Elliott being the one that carries the team. This year, that completely changed. I mean. Because of injuries and everything that has happened in the O-line, it has affected, in my opinion, the running game. And Ezekiel Elliott hasn't been able to be as productive as we've seen in the past. But this year, Dak has completely elevated his game and exceeded my personal expectations. So this year, with just four games and a half, I I think he, he showed that he can be that guy to carry the team. And even though he has great receivers around him, he was able to, to elevate the passing game for Dallas. So I think he deserves everything. He deserves to get what he wants. And when you take into consideration the fact that the Cowboys have been um, saving money for this possible contract as far as them you know you've heard jerry jones talk about them not um, maybe bringing in a defensive player just because of what that might look like money wise as far as uh cap money for next year so i i i think that the cowboys do see the value in deck and i think that uh, the way that he played and carried the team so far in the early season this year uh hopefully kind of sealed the deal for for the Cowboys, especially when it's an ankle injury that you can recover from. Luckily, it wasn't anything in the arm or something that's going to be like long-term. Yeah, based upon what all you guys have said, I think we all 
agree that Dak Prescott is going to be the, the future quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. He should be healthy. He will be the future quarterback. I'm going to change that question a little bit for you, though. Let's assume for a second that Andy Dalton takes this team deep into the playoffs. Does that in any way, in your minds, change the future prospects of what the Cowboys decide to do at the quarterback position? Nick, let's start with you. Um, I don't think it changes the personnel. I think I think Dak is still going to be the quarterback uh, for sure. I mean, but uh, it, I just think – it might change the narrative of of how much you pay him and how much it helps if 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 Andy Dalton can come in here and win some of these games. I mean, I kind of disagree with Amber on completely carrying the team. He was leading the team. They were one and three as well, though. Like he, they weren't winning some of these games, and you have to put some of it on Dak. I mean, I love Dak, and I, I was right there. I could have shed a tear if it would have helped anything the other day. I, I hated seeing that, but I do think that he's still got he's got some growing to do as far as winning some of those close games. And you know, I don't know if Andy Dalton's going to come in and be better at that. I just think that uh, if he does come in and have a lot of success, I think he, it, it might. Let the Cowboys stick to what they think all along is that you know they they've got so much money invested in the quarterback and they've got a lot of guys around them that are helping him because if it can help Andy Dalton then it, they should help Dak. That's kind of the way I view it. So you think in that way the Cowboys make the argument, hey, these are the same tools you have. You probably would have done the same thing. So it's not that it's not so much on you. It's on the fact that we've got a good team around you, particularly yeah, a good offense around you. And here's so the here's deal. the deal. Here's yeah. the deal we had in the place. I'm not trying to give you less money because you broke your ankle. Here's the deal. And maybe he takes it. I, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of different what ifs right. about that. Amber, what are your thoughts? Uh, it's definitely going to create a debate for sure. You know, uh, it, it, there's going to be a huge debate if Andy Dalton does have a, a really good season. But I don't think it would change. I mean, I I think the Cowboys love Dak for everything that that makes him who he is. Aside from just the on-field stuff, they love him as a leader. They we saw the impact that he's had around his guy the fact that the whole team went up to him to make sure they got a little tap on the hand or on the helmet I mean that says a lot so I think that that it goes beyond just what you can do on the field it's also the leadership and and the kind of person that he is and the Cowboys love him so I don't think that it would completely change it but it's definitely going to create a big debate about it Dave it's a really wonderful point, AG. And like, don't just think about the front office, but you also have to consider the message that that sends if you do that. And you saw how beloved he is by everybody in that locker room. I mean, you already knew it anyway, but you saw it on Sunday. That's an interesting point if the Cowboys tried to pull that off. And I wonder how a lot of guys would react to it. Um, to answer the question more plainly, like I, I, I guess I'd have to see just how well Andy Dalton played. I mean, if they get into the playoffs with him managing the game, I don't care. Like, I mean, Dak was Dak is in the middle of transforming into that quarterback, or he was. I mean, yeah, they were one and three, but the stuff that he was doing on a regular basis, being able to take over games and will his team back into game. I mean, that's that's what people always say they want to see is like, oh well. He's not Rodgers. He can't take over the game without his without his starting tackles. Yeah, he can. He was doing it on a regular basis. And I'm not 
getting rid of that because I think I can, you know, save a few bucks. Uh, no way. Not if, if he continues on the trajectory that it looks like he's on, you're going to look real stupid in about five years trying to pull that off. Unless Dalton just has this absolutely amazing resurgence where he is playing like an all pro, but that's never really been his game. And he was on some pretty good teams at, at different points in his Cincinnati career. So uh, I would be surprised to see that, and and no, I'm not trading that in for, for what I think Dak might become. Yeah, I think when you look at it, and to go to your point, Dave, I think when you look at it, I, I don't see a scenario where the Cowboys will be winning and winning big, and what I mean by that is winning deep into the playoffs without their offense scoring a ton of points. Like It's not like this defense is going to transform overnight. They had some players that played really well in this last game, and even with that, they still gave up. Even if you take away the touchdown that was scored on the pick six, they still gave up 27 points. So, I mean, it's, it's one of those situations where – uh, they're going to have to but, score a lot of points offensively. I'm sorry. But does it get tougher than Daniel Jones, Darius Slayton? And, Absolutely. And, uh, it does. It does. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, that's right. so scary. My, so my point, it's going to get worse. And that's my point. The yeah. defense is still going to be the defense. <laughs> so there is no scenario where the offense is not going to re- have to rely on the quarterback to score a ton of points if the Cowboys are going to be successful. I th- so I think he's going to have, if this happens, I think he's going to have a great season. I think the way that, that it goes, though, is very similar to what happened in Philly. You, I mean, they went all the way to the mountaintop with, with Nick Foles, won the Super Bowl, and then they shook his hand and said, we're going back to our young guy because that's the issue. Dak is five years younger than, than, than Andy, and quite frankly, I think they're comparable. At the least, they're comparable quarterbacks. And so if you've got two guys that you think both have the capability to be able to do the job, I think you still go with the younger guy, the significantly younger guy in NFL years. Five years less, that means you got five more years potentially of a contract. Yeah, to me, I think – I think you kind of changed the the question. In my opinion, I, I, never am I saying go to Andy Dalton over da, over Dak. What I'm think, saying is, is I think if Andy Dalton has success, it might let the Cowboys kind of stick to where they are with what they want to give him, because he was on a path to maybe exceed that, and you gotta you gotta break the bank even more than they want. I think if 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 the injury plus what happens if if he has success, it kind of keeps them on the same plane of, uh, all right, this is kind of what we still think this is where you need to be. Understood. I wasn't disputing yeah. that. What I'm saying, my question initially was about does this change anything about the Cowboys and the decision that they make at the end of the year? Oh. If you should take them deep in the playoffs, do they, should they, consider the possibility of keeping him around? I don't think that's a real possibility. I think Dak is their guy, and I guess that was the question I was asking you guys. He'll make more money somewhere else because he'll get a job. Absolutely. Yeah. That's absolutely right. Same thing that, that Nick Foles did, and yeah. I think it resurges. This. It gives him a new new life into his career that otherwise was probably floundering a bit. Mm-hmm. You know. Alright, uh, real quick, before we uh, go, to, go to another break, I want to talk a little bit about a comment that Jerry made this morning on 105.3 The Fan. He says um, he was talking about Dak's injury and he said, what it does remind me of though is you cannot figure in as part of your offense is that you really are vulnerable when you put a running game in that really utilizes a lot the running game with the quarterback. This game you're going to get hurt. Basically what he's saying there in, in kind of the you know reading Jerry's words is you play your quarterback, you run him a lot, you're going to get him hurt. How much do you think that changes, that mindset changes how the Cowboys decide to, to use Dak when he comes back next season? Because I do believe the running game is a big part of the advantages of what you get in a quarterback like Dak Prescott. Amber, you're up first. 
Well, after seeing what happened, it, there's always going to be certain hesitation uh, in playing your quarterback that way because you don't want something like that to happen again. But at the same time, no injuries should necessarily dictate the kind of game plan that you decide to put out there. I do think that, that the timing of when they choose to, to run him and have him keep the ball should be a little different. Like, we've seen him in the red zone and get touchdown that way, and it, and it has worked pretty, pretty well for them. But I think that if they are able to really find the right balance between their running back running game and the passing game there there is really no need to get Dak out of the pocket and have him run for that far you know little yards here and there it's okay but in, in a scenario like that obviously uh that would not be my choice Nick uh I think I kind of disagree again I mean I just feel like He's not um, – that's not his strength is to sit in the pocket and make you know, make these throws. Um, he's doing it, though. I mean, he, he was doing it. He was having a really good uh, uh, year. And I think what you guys are on to something about, you know, just like Russell Wilson had to kind of, you know, transform his game and get better and better, he was showing that. His strength, though, is still not – with those intermediate throws, that's not he's not Troy Aikman like that. He doesn't have that pinpoint accuracy. What he has, though, is he, he's a linebacker that plays quarterback. And so that play, <laughs> the play that got him hurt, is a play that, you know, I mean, you could say, well, why was he getting extra yards? I've heard that complaint. Well, he's getting extra yards because that's the player you love. You love that guy mm-hmm. because he's tough and he plays that way. And it got him hurt, but I don't think it will, it will change that. There's a record. The Cowboys have won. I got to go look it up. But when he gets about 30 yards or more a game, I mean, it's like 21-3 and three or something. So I, that's kind of his game, and it's just unfortunate that he got hurt doing it. But I don't – he's never been really, really fast. So a broken ankle, he's not going to come back and going to be – Slower. Yeah. I mean, it's he's still going to be built strong and throw the ball well and run people over. I, I don't know if it changes much. Dave. I agree with or I disagree with both of y'all, unfortunately, because I think that's that's what makes this contract uh, negotiation so interesting is like Dak is becoming that quarterback who can stand in the pocket and just drop dimes on everybody. I highly encourage everyone to go pull up the clips of of all of his throws to CD the other day. And there are just some incredible freaking throws, uh, especially the ones down the seam. The guy is a lot more accurate than he gets credit for, in my opinion. But going back to the real uh, conversation is, it's funny because in the interview this morning, Jerry, at the beginning of the interview, he was like, you can't, you can't play that what-if game. This is football. And then five minutes later, that's exactly what he did. And this is the epitome of the what-if game. Dak was averaging three and a half carries per game this year. He had only car- that was his, It was his 18th carry of the year. He was right on pace for his normal number of carries. If he had kept up that pace all year, he probably carries the ball 50 times. That's not a lot, for, especially for a guy that can move. Um, it's, it's a freak accident. The dude, he was basically, he was a running back in college. Like he carried the ball 15 times a game in college and he's carried it a lot as a pro and nothing like this had ever happened. Um, it's a freak injury. It sucks, but it shouldn't change the way you feel about him. He won you a playoff game with his ability to, to run. You know, I mean, would you take that away? The, you know, the third and 11 scramble that gets you down to the goal line to put a playoff game away. I wouldn't. And honestly, I freaking loved that play call because typically we see the quarterback draw down near the goal line. 
uh, to break that out outside of the red zone, and it got them into the red zone. I thought it was fantastic, and it sucks what happened, but I wouldn't let it change anything about the way that I use Dak. Yeah, you uh, you mentioned Nick uh, Russell Wilson, and I think I, I agree with you, Dave. But here's why I agree. I think that they're still going to run him the same. Where I think there will be a difference is I think there will be an increased emphasis on don't take hits. If a guy's coming, slide. And I think if you watch Russell Wilson, that's one thing you notice about his game. It is very, very extremely rare that Russell Wilson takes a hit when he's outside of the pocket scrambling. Typically, when he gets running downfield, he gets as much as he can possibly get, and then he gets down. And, and he's, he's, I think, one of the best in the league at it. He, gets, he maximizes the run, but once he gets to a point where he's about to take a hit, he gets down and he takes the slide. I do think that in, in future, what we might see in, in, in future years for Dak is that the team is really focused on Dak. Get the yards. We want you to keep that, that part of your game. Don't take the unnecessary hit. So if you see him coming, get down, and we'll live to fight another day. Dave, do you have something? Yes, which I'm, I'm stealing this point. I, I think that's such a good point. I don't remember who said this, but the two best quarterbacks in the league right now at running for yards and not taking hits, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray. What did they both do? They both played Play baseball. baseball. Yep. So may, Dak, maybe when you're healthy, hire a base running coach to teach you the finer. I'm not, I'm not kidding. I'll like I would you. absolutely yeah. get get somebody to teach me how to slide and just do it real nice, and maybe you can avoid some of that contact. So that but, was Quincy's problem, Quincy Carter. <laughs> when you're sliding too much, slide. <laughs> He's a baseball guy. Know, right? Chad Hutchinson. We had a lot of baseball players around here. They were not sliding. That was the deal. Got was it. the other guy, Drew Henson, when he yeah, a baseball player. Yeah, they were great yeah. throwers, just didn't slide. <laughs> what did you have, Amber? I was going to add, the, the, the way I see it is that if they are able to get a more consistent offense and, and, and be able to get what they have been getting in that second half of the game, just more throughout the game from beginning to end, I think that, that the Cowboys have enough to where they don't really need to be getting Dak running as much. Yes, in special plays like that, it's helpful. Dak has made some really important plays carrying the ball, but at the same time, you have a running game, a running back that when they limit their, their mistakes, you have both the running game and the passing game to where you don't necessarily need to be running your running back, your running back, running your quarterback as much. Yeah, at least that's a, how I see it's it. It's just such a mismatch because unless you're going to put a spy on him, which if that gets to that point where they're starting to spy him, you know, then with the way he can throw it, man, that's that, that that's exactly what you want, you yeah. know, because yeah. once once Take Le, a guy out of if Lamar yeah. Jackson gets to the point where he's just absolutely killing people with his arm, which he's getting there, I mean, he's MVP. Yeah, I mean, I, what I'm just saying is is that that's how dangerous it is. You don't want to put a spy on him. That's why. I agree. It'd be great to have balance and not have to do it. But if if they're if the linebacker's going to cheat this way or this way because you got all these weapons, sometimes the best play is up the middle. Yeah, and I I honestly believe it's one of the best things he does. Now I think he's a really great passer, but I also think he has the ability, yeah. and, and it goes back to what he did in college. He has the ability to see opportunities to be able to take a run. I don't want to take that away from his game. I just want him to be smarter about hey, know when the ride is over and go down. There's no point in taking the unnecessary hit, and I think that's the area where they can probably improve him a bit. All right, we're going to take our final break. We will come back. I want to talk a little bit about special teams. They had some 
issues this last game. That continues to be a problem for this team. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that in some areas where we think maybe that can be solved. We'll do it when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Back. To the break. Get the ultimate fan experience for the ultimate Cowboys fan. Join Dallas Cowboys United, presented by Globe Life, starting at just $20. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash United. Welcome back. It is the final segment of the break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We've talked about Dak, and we've talked about uh, all the changes that we think might happen to this offense as a result of Dak not being here. I want to talk about special teams because special teams has been an issue for this team really more than this season. It's been going back a couple years now, and and they still haven't seemed to get it right. Uh, This last game, they got a costly penalty uh, of 12 men on the field uh, that ended up giving the Giants an opportunity at a field goal, and they end up taking the three points. Uh, John Fossil, when asked about it uh, earlier this week, he said, it's my job. I'm usually pretty good at math. It will be an easy fix. It's not going to happen again. My issue is, like, that's just one issue. Yeah, get it right as far as the count. That shouldn't happen. But it seems like all of these issues tend to be matters of either coordination, poor coordination, or just guys not really knowing what they're doing. Um, So my question for you guys is, this is a problem that, by the way, last year they were having similar issues on Mm -hmm. special teams. At, At what point do you start to say you've changed the coach? Maybe it's not the coach. Maybe it's the players. Nick, let's start with you. Well, you know, I I think, uh, you know, I'm not going to give excuses here, but when you have a lot of injuries, 
that this is going to happen because you're you're calling up players on Saturday to come up and play. They, Stephen Parker or somebody, he was on the practice squad, and then all of a sudden he comes up and he plays in the game. And so it's like, yeah, yeah. and then you get an injury in the game, and now you're trying to figure out who's coming in. So that, that definitely happens. Um, I'm not, you know, I, I don't know if I've ever said this, but, like, I, I never buy in the fact of, like, well, football is about three phases. It's offense, defense, special teams. That's, that's crap. That's not the case. Teams don't do that. Teams don't emphasize special teams like they do the others. If they did, they'd play their best players and play their starters. They don't. So this is what you get. You have to try to practice better within the game. Uh, I mean, within the week, you have to you have to get the philosophy down better. But um, you know, when you get injuries like this, this stuff happens. I don't blame the players as much as I blame the coaches on all that stuff, though. There's like I said, there's 28 coaches out there. Somebody needs <laughs> to figure out and see. Oh man, there's Evan Ingram standing there by himself. Maybe we should call timeout. And by the way, I don't know if we mentioned this. Cam Fleming was the guy that got the penalty that that negated that touchdown. It wasn't the guy they called on the field. It oh was wow! Cam Fleming was the left tackle. And the fans that are watching this probably saw because Romo, of course, pointed it out. He points out everything. Cam Fleming was the one that wasn't down in his stance, and they threw it to Evan Ingram. And mm. so that would you, they might have fired the coach if, if that happens and you give up a touchdown on special teams on a fake like that. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Dave. Um, I think it was yeah, it was last year in Chicago, I believe, or maybe it was Buffalo. Like one of the first examples we got. Or no, it was probably it was probably New England. New England if yeah. I had to guess. Disaster. Jerry Jones was straight up like special teams is purely a reflection of coaching. That's all it is. Sure. Because and mm. and to Nick's point, the good players don't even play. The starters aren't on your special teams, so anybody can do it. So I refuse to believe it's about the players. It's I mean, twelve men on the field. Yeah, I mean, you you would like to think Cedric Wilson could like do some quick math and make sure it's all right, but there's five coaches in charge of that, or you know. Take Tony Pollard aside and say, hey, you've had some problems, so they're probably going to try to do this to you. Maybe be ready for it, which he was last week, to be fair. But all of the like all of this stuff is just coaching and attention to detail, and and they haven't had it through these, these first five weeks, that's for sure. Amber, coaches are players. Which is, well, to, to uh, Dave's point, it's so disappointing because one of the – the main guys that we've talked about a lot during the offseason was Fassel and the experience, the amount of experience that he has and the, the success that he had in the past. So coming in, I my expectations were really, really high, and I was expecting ex- special teams to have this drastic change, and it hasn't happened. And, and the way I see it, again, I've never played football in my life, so... All I get to do is sit back and and watch from afar. But special teams doesn't seem that complicated to me. Yes, you need a certain set of skills. But it seems that the mistakes that they've been making so far are mistakes that are just going back to basics and communication and just having everyone on the same page and having everyone know uh, what their role is. So I hope... That, that it's something that they can actually fix because that's how I see it. I see those things as very fixable, but it hasn't happened yet, so it must be a lot more complicated than the way I see it. But I think it does go back to coaching at this point. So which is a bigger problem for them right now, special teams or defense? Defense. 
Dave. Defense. Amber. Defense. I mean, special <laughs> That's teams. Not have even been an good, argument. But you're talking. You're talking about like 18 snaps a game versus 80. Um, I. I mean, if the defense was great, I'll live with the special teams miscues. Mm-hmm. Which one's more correctable? Special teams. Special teams. Special teams. Because <laughs> we're counting. You know, I mean, because you just get the count right. You get the count you right. It. You figure it out. You catch the ball. You, yeah. you know, you, I mean, some of the. But, but I'll say this about special teams, and, and teams are figuring this out. I kind of wish the Cowboys would do the same. They did a couple times. But the way the rules are set up now, I mean, it's funny how the NFL's trying for there not to be a kickoff. And teams are like, oh, we're going to kick it off. Oh, yeah, they'll figure it out. So, yeah. And they are. And they're figuring out with the Cowboys. I mean, Tony Pollard is going to be catching this 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 kick at the one-yard line now. And so it's a it's a pooch kick. He's going to have to get it, and they're going to have to block. And, I mean, it's it's going to push him back. And they're going to do that even more with Andy Dalton here now. I mean, they're, they're going to say, hey, let's put them back at the 18-yard line. You know, so uh, they're going to have to figure that out. especially. But I still think it's more correct. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We're back tomorrow. We're going to start jumping into the next game. Uh, what we got up next? Cowboys versus Cardinals. Cardinals. Monday night football, yeah. So we got Cardinals, Cowboys, baby! Cardinals, Monday night football. We'll start talking about the Cardinals offense tomorrow. We'll have Bucky Brooks join us. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break. Live on DallasCowboys.com. Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!